In five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today, we have a return guest, Mr. Berryman himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. Oh. That's you. <laughs> great wave. Great wave. Um, yeah. The man with the stylish hat. <laughs> what did he say? The man with the stylish hat. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Yes. Right. Oh, far away, as they say. Well, just to do an opener, then, I suppose, is dad was on a previous episode talking about what is truth, what is friendship, what is I, and such. And a lot of the curiosity. stuff curiosity, mm. you know, different types of governmental structures, philosophies of that. And mm. overall, something that I at least have grown up with is having dad talk many hind legs off of donkeys to others. And I kind of have listened in growing up on mm. these types of conversations. And um, but dad is very, very deep in like theology, study of religion, philosophy, world history, and has uh, read so much. Uh, for example, one book that dad was currently reading for fun was the Catholic art that saved the faith or something. And then there's a book that I'm now reading called God, a biography by Jack Miles, which is an actual take on just Old Testament or possible ways in which religion has developed and or the figure of God and our belief system as God as a Euro Western centric influenced society in America, at least, and how that has possibly influenced the the ways in which we act in this world, even though our current millennial and above or younger generations and such are lacking uh, or going forth without or not believing anymore in a higher power or God of sorts. And whether that is right or wrong, that's not the point. But the point about this is, you know, what is religion? What is Christianity, Catholicism, Old Testament, Judaism, Middle Eastern traditions, Indo-European traditions and Southeast Asian traditions, Buddhism traditions, etc. So how does all of that come together? Well, yes. That's the perfect person to kind of like hop in on. Shakespeare's always talking about the the infinite variety of man. You know, you've just given a long string of things in which, you know, through the ages and through the spreading across at the moment, simply the earth, who knows what the future will bring. Um, uh, it's uh, our curiosity really is um, is behind everything, and uh, a lot of things are not only unseen but sort of un- unfathomable, aren't they? Yeah. So um, religion and for, not politics. Politics seems to be pretty positive, but um, religion is a combination of the natural and the supernatural, uh, and um, it's hard to tell, you know, whether uh, one's um, conjectures uh, about the reality, which is beyond the, the, the physical reality, how real it is. So um, that's why you get a multiplicity of religions, don't you, really? Or lack of them, as the case may be. People that. want answers to things. Yeah. I, as something so something that one of our listeners previously and uh, a good friend of mine was his name is Josh and you've met him before and he yes. actually listened to your episode last time yeah. and has also known about I think he did and and he's known also about your background of theology and deep yeah. understanding of Catholicism and religions so his question was as a he's learning about that whole uh, conversation and dialect is uh, in the Old Testament. One question was, um, did, is every word true? I know, or like, um, did, what is your thoughts on the Garden of Eden type or Genesis? Yes, Um, my my thoughts about it um, varied from um, just positively taking everything for granted to being um, puzzled uh, about it all. But basically, um, I think 
one keeps on saying with regard to one's looking at lots of things, but particularly um, scripture, which is our word for the Old Testament, New Testament, is, um, you know, um, how much are the, um, the descriptions based upon an absolute truth, or are they tied in with the, um, the outlook of the people of the time? And so the point of a conversation is to be understood. So one can only be understood, you know, if one speaks the same language, for instance, um, or if one um, uses simple words with kids, you know, and, and more complicated words with people who um, um, have um, learnt uh, uh, from a bigger dictionary, you might say. So with regard to um, Genesis, and, and um, uh, that's the first book in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Jewish scriptures. Um, that the, uh, that and those are the first five books of the Old Testament, right? The, the first five books of the Old Testament, or Genesis, um, and then Exodus, um, when uh, the chosen people are led by Moses out of the promised land, uh, out of Egypt, the unpromised land, into the promised land. And then numbers, which um, tells you uh, incredible numbers that, that um, the book is about the kind of numbering, how many the tribes are and all, all that sort of thing. Then there's a book called Leviticus, which is about the laws that, uh, that were developed at the time. And, uh, and then finally, there's a book called Deuteronomy, which means it's repeating all the other, um, all the other books, the shortened forms of them. And, and so, um, you know, one was taught to believe that all this was by Moses. And, and, but I mean, it's quite clearly um, a combination of um, different sources that have been gathered together at different times too. Um, the whole of scripture. So um, there's a, a period, you know, uh, uh, till we get into the Holy Land or the Promised Land, and then there's a period to the building of the temple, and then the temples are destroyed and built again and so on and so forth, and then there's um, an egg, the, the chosen people, are, uh, lots of the bright guys are taken off to Babylon after, uh, after wars. And, uh, and so there's different sort of sections of the um, historical development um, of the people and of what they were writing about. Uh, and so Genesis, uh, which is the first book, is a marvelous book. Um, and it's trying to explain um, really what it's coming down to is explaining um, a relationship that um, that has um, grown up with with a particular people um, that calls it themselves the chosen people, and and it's about about um, one God um, who we meet in um, the book of Exodus um, in the in the uh, in the burning bush that you were talking about the other day. But, but the, um, the description has to be simple. Uh, and, and so uh, they get this very, it's full of wonderful stories. And the, the story in the books, the, the, the stories in the book of Genesis, um, like um, Noah's Ark, which is an amazing um, concoction and um, the Tower of Babel and all these incredible um, sort of scenes that happened the um, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and then the beginning, um, the Garden of Eden, and um, the fact that, um, as you know from your book by Miles about God, God, why did God make things? He, why did God make things? Yes, and then why did make um, the, uh, uh, the human beings? And one gets the impression from. Miles's book, I think you, you probably would agree that God was lonely. And he, you know, he, he got, he, at the beginning of Genesis, 
he kind of walks in the garden and talks. He has conversations, what they talked about, goodness knows. Probably Eve wasn't there, so they probably talked about her. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, um, God was trying to arrange that Adam had a decent companion, that he didn't like giraffes, he didn't like arthropods. And so they, uh, God is, um, uh, makes us out of the, the dust of the earth, according to uh, the early part um, of the, the scriptures and then makes Eve out of the rib of Adam. I, I never, have we got a different number of ribs from, from women? I don't know, I probably not. I would guess not. I'm pretty sure not. It was, it's interesting, it's interesting to, to Mr. Berryman to hear that you, you said that the, this, this idea of like God being lonely and creating, yeah. creating humanity uh that's god and lonely are, are two words that i haven't seen together uh yeah. before so um yeah can you can you uh kind of like expand deeper into into that kind of thinking and like yeah like why that might be <clears throat> well um what about you and um and you um do you like being alone all the time I would suspect not. I mean, we have changing thoughts. And one of the things we like about life is exchanging thoughts with other people, either by arguing with them or teaching them or learning from them, you know. And, and so um, communication um, is, uh, is something that, that is uh, a very large part of our, of our, hopefully, of our conscious life and of our happy life. So um, the idea of there being a God and, and how he becomes so powerful and, and, and why he does things is a mystery. It's a word that um, the Christians use a lot, particularly the Catholics, you know, that um, a lot of the things we, we talk about in religion, uh, we, we say, you know, there's a distinction between faith and things and reason you kind of reason to something and other thing have faith in something i mean you can have faith in the um um in your wife you know uh, or you can have good reasons to believe because of her um her behavior um to you that she's faithful as the word goes um, and so um, that's a, a question where reason is helping out faith. But a lot of the things that we, uh, life are based on faith, aren't they? Um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer um, the things that are based on faith or things that are based on reason? Or hopefully on both reason and faith? You know? Now, with regard to Genesis, um, uh, whoever the writers are, they're, they're um, telling us stories that people are believing um, not because they're reasonable, like Noah's Ark is, is the most unreasonable thing in the world. I have a question there from Josh yeah. that he wants to ask as well, but keep going. Oh, no, no, no. Now, now that you've You've um, um, <laughs> butted in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so one of the questions that Josh asked me, and I gave my own perspective of that answer that I once asked you in the exact same way, was do you think that what, the way I asked it probably was like, did Noah's Ark, did the world really flood? And did Noah, was he the only one that ever survived? And yeah. all the book, everything came from that? Uh, so isn't it incredible that... Um, the, the thing is that we've got a lot of ancient medieval sort of Iraq, Iran, that, had, that part of the world um, sort of was first in putting thoughts in, into words and developing language and stories. And so we, we have lots of stories that the Bible is pulling into its, its own scriptures. Um, Gilgamesh, um, the um, 
the flooding uh, comes in the stories about Gilgamesh and, and other great uh, heroes or protagonists and so on. So um, with regard to um, the, the flood, there seems to have been, you know, Iraq and Iran, uh, the Tigris and Euphrates, that ha the, there were memories of great floods uh, that covered um, all the land, as I said. Now, whether all, you know, that was a description of people who didn't know very far to go, you know, but they, they had stories that, that said there was this great flood and that's made into Noah's Ark story. Um, I mean, if you look at the logistics of it, you know, this old man and his three kids um, uh, are the only good ones. We, why didn't Noah, instead of building his ark to save himself, why didn't he go around being a missionary and trying to make people better, you know? Instead of agreeing with God, they're all bad, we should destroy them. This whole business, uh, as Miles is going to talk out, is um, God is a busy human. He seems very angry. And angry all the time. Reading, yeah. and, uh, in the Old Testament, at least. Yeah. And, and who's to blame? I mean, he made us, you know. You know, we have lots of, um, of, of very interesting um, episodes in the scriptures where they, they bring in the idea of a potter and the potter's making pots and he makes pots that are beautiful or he makes them bad, you know. It's the potter who does it, you know. The, the, the poor little pot say, can't say, you know, no. Well, maybe it can. I should have made myself better. Yeah. Why, why wasn't I made better? Why, you know, why isn't um, Lillian a much nicer pot than I am, you know? And why is she such a desperate pot? Well, was, um, Julia is a marvelous pot. But back to Noah. <laughs> so there he is, poor old Noah, is supposed to be um, sending one of his sons on, presumably to collect all the birds of the air, Another, fortunately, had to deal with the fish and then had to get all these animals. And then they had to work out places where they could store all the different foods they have and presumably keep the sort of the carnivorous uh, animals from the ones who just take um, vegetables, you know, very popular today, I imagine. And, and so uh, it's a weird story, you know, that um, uh, how big did it have to be you know, and it, it, there's two stories actually. One said they're going two by two, and now they're going by sevens. The better going by sevens because when eventually they get out um, to please God, Noah starts sacrificing people. If there are only two of them, yes. you're not going to get very far, sad, are you? Sad you relationship. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's the point is that now you ask this sort of question about is every word true? Now, I, to, to me, that's um, you know, like a poem where it's describing the beauty of something. It's not literally true. Mm -hmm. It's describing a feeling, trying to please, you know, trying to show what is not um, possibly shown properly. So you exaggerate, you say, she, she, her smile is like the moon breaking through the clouds or whatever these wonderful poetical things are. So the Bible is, um, uh, one has to work out the different genre in the Bible. You know, is it an epic story? Is it a lyric story? You know, is it um, a prose? Is it poetry? You know, is it meant to be a, a, a myth? Is it, is it meant to be literal? Is it meant to be um, a description of fact and, and so on and so forth? And, and so we are, uh, um, scholars these days um, are, are much more um, um, critical uh, of, of the, the scriptures. They're not saying they're wrong. They're saying we've got to understand, you know, what they, um, what particular genre is that is being described here. Now, um, I don't know how would you what would you think about the Tower of Babel? I mean, the fact is that human beings, uh, the whole business of language, of course, is incredibly interesting. Um, how the, how we've got all these different um, national um, languages? How did it start? So it's an explanation 
uh, the Tower of Babel. But it's also tied in with the kind of arrogance of man. We've got to, um, you know, man's always, uh, God isn't pleased with, with man. He destroys the tower, which is reaching up to heaven, apparently. All of the, I mean, the whole business of heaven. You know, what is heaven? Where is God? I mean, that would sound as though God is something physical, isn't it? Doesn't it? You know, um, what, what kind of, um, we talk about human nature. Uh, what, what, uh, that book is sort of describing the evolving nature of God, isn't it? So um, that's interesting. The, 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 old, the, script, the Jewish scriptures are, you know, um, focusing on, on this relationship that they've got with God. First of all, the interesting thing is that, you know, that after Moses discovers God in the burning bush, then he's their God, and he helps them out of Egypt and the rest of it, and he destroys all the idols and so on and so forth. At the same time, various scriptures saying God created all the world and he wants to save all the world and so on and so forth. So um, uh, are, are we to sort of take that the main readings say God is very exclusive or is God inclusive? I mean, does God like the other guys that, uh, or is he just killing their ideas of, of the false gods they've got? <clears throat> And most of the scriptures uh, are talking about their God is superior to the other gods. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not the only God. Um, he's the best God. And whether, is he good or not? He's sort of apparently good to the, the Jews, but he's often punishing them, you know. I mean, they, they always talk about human, you know, human relations. It's... Um, it's a silly father that doesn't punish the children. You know, punishing the children in the proper way is good for them, you know. Well, you bring up an interesting question there, which is, I mean, is if God, right? Like, what's the first, the first book of this? The first line was, I really liked it. Uh, so it's, you know, the image in the original. That God created mankind, male and female, in his own image is a matter of faith that our forebears strove for centuries to perfect themselves in the image of their God is a matter of historical fact. And, yeah. and I think that's so fascinating, that line. Yeah. Those two lines, actually, two sentences, but... Um, yeah. But how, how, in fact... But then yeah. God killed off a lot of people, right? That said, you know, if, if God created man, you know, why would it not be beneficial in, like, helping others to grow rather than just knock them off those are maybe too too hard of questions to have asked right now but i i just always found these yeah. to be fun questions well no that that brings us back to the not the fun fact, the fact that important the, 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 those scriptures are um tied into the to the understanding of the people at that particular time mm. yeah and and so you know the, the um eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth um is something that that seemed to make sense at the time you know i mean you know but I, what it's I a kind of kind of justice now you know but turning the other cheek and all that new testament stuff i mean is that just rhetoric or is it meant to be taken literally well this is another question that i think i think uh, segues this um is a lot of people believe that Old Testament and New Testament and or other books that are divinely yeah. inspired are word for word. Yeah. Like throughputs from God, like God yeah. wrote through their fingers at yeah. the hand of whatever they yeah. wrote with. Yeah. And if that's the case, how could God have made a mistake? How could God yeah. write wrong and how could wrong be incorrect? Yeah. And like, why would God do that yeah. to be killing off people? So, um, that's the initial question into a number of other ones, I suppose. Yeah. Well, um, that, that could be sort of fished around in, in, in all kinds of, of different ways. Um, the goal is to get to the hypostatic union, because that's the word that I want to learn more about. Oh, but, you know, 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, that's um, first of all, you know, we we can we're, we're sort of I'm a firm Catholic, um, but a Christian. You know, Catholics and Christians are the same thing. Uh, it's just we've uh, uh, you know we Christian and Catholic have gone back all through the centuries, as opposed to Lutheran and Christian are just from the 16th century onwards. They were a, a very important protest movement um, at the time. Now, I forgot what I was going to um, continue with. Yes, with, with words like the hypostatic union, um, you're coming across some um, words that um, um, uh, immediately create a, a sense of, of mystery. You know, the high, hypostatic union was the hypostasis, the union of of, of sort of two different elements. One is the natural element, one is the supernatural element. Uh, now, um, the hypostatic union only, only applies to, to, um, to Christ. But it applies to Christ in his totality as man and God. So the hypostatic union, as you know, is um, two natures in one person. Um, and so you have three persons, which is a mystery again, in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how they're, and, and they're, they're kind of, they're, they're known by their actions, apparently, they, they being one, are also kind of different manifestations of the one, and so somehow or other, we Christians, as opposed to the Jews and Muslims, uh, kind of um, uh, multiply the um, the personality of God. He keeps to have one nature, but he has three different personalities, um, uh, according to um, uh, our viewing of his activities. Now, the hypostatic union describes the nature um, of um, uh, describes the person uh, of 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 Jesus, and says that that um, Mary didn't just bear the, um, the body of Jesus, but the, the totality of Jesus, which, is, um, which includes his divinity. Um, and that's, it takes about till the Council of Nicaea in 325, when they have a discussion between the Eastern bishops and the Western bishops about the nature of, of Jesus. And, and they, they um, agree that he isn't just a man, that, that he's actually a God, he's not just a God-man, but he's God and man. <clears throat> because <clears throat> we know when Christianity started spreading in the Roman Empire, there were lots of mystery religions that, um, <clears throat> uh, that, that had sacrifices and, and, and mystery because they were mysterious. You know, the Romans didn't particularly like them and thought we were the same as, as they were. Um, the, the, the mystery religions aren't explain, they're not explaining things, they're just telling you to believe various things, they're not based upon, upon reason. But what, what the, um, the Council of Chalcedon about a hundred years later said was that Mary was the Theotokos, Mary was the mother of God. Wow, you know, she's not just the mother of Jesus' body, but just as you know, I mean, where did where did your you know when you when um, you were born, you know, we mum and I made you made your body and so on, but um, um, we didn't make your soul. I don't think. I hope not. Anyway, no, no, <laughs> no, no, right? <laughs> no, but uh, you know, if you think you have a soul, you know. Um, how, how was it planted in you, or was it part of you? You know, or what was in the um, uh, the cause of it? Now, um, we we say that that mum and dad are the, the cause of all of you. There's not some alien force that comes in, you know, and kind of um, we're made of dust, and then somehow or other. The breath of life comes into us, which is actually what the scriptures describe it. You know, there is a kind of union of something outside and inside. But the whole business of, you know, 
what happens when we die? Um, lots of people think that's it. Uh, but most of the, many of the religions, not the Buddhists, they, they think eventually there's going to be nirvana, but there is going to be reincarnations. And, and that's, you know, as you are quoting from um, to be or not to be, you know, uh, that um, to die, to, to sleep, to sleep, but that's a dream, or there's the rub that makes calamity of so long life, because who would bear the whips and scolds of time, but the thought of something after death, the undiscovered country from which no traveler returns, troubles the mind and makes us rather bear the ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Those conscience just make cowards of us all. So um, it's, an, you know, we, we can only, despite what people may say today with all the, the marvelous films that they come out, we can only kind of explain the visible. So in the hypostatic union is a description of the invisible, God and man, you know, and um, how they come together is through Theotokos, Mary, the mother of God, because when, 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 a woman makes a, a baby, she's responsible with her, with the help of the men's gene and sperm, etc. She's she's responsible for his totality, you know. It's um you you can't sort of think there's a kind of um, bad witch going to going to do something evil or not. And so um, I don't know whether that's um, um, enlightened you about the hypostatic union, but it's a mystery. And it's about the um, the fact that in the in the person of Jesus, which they, they say that's what Mary creates. Mary creates up the person. Mummy creates the person. Um, you're a person, and all of all that um, that's included in person is as we consider body and soul. Now the soul, um, you know, it's, that's really very. Um, interesting, you know, um, when we receive communion, they, they say we receive the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of, of, um, of Jesus Christ, who is God and man. Um, and you could, and people argued about that and broke into new religions as a result of it. So I'm babbling on here about some mysterious things. So I don't know whether Josh has helped or um, puzzled even more um, but the hypostatic what, what, what have you gathered what, what do you think it could be um, how, how much can you unravel of the, the mystery which is the hypostatic union and why were you why were you interested in the from the very beginning like what was the context behind that topic here yeah um, hmm. uh, let's see. So, well, hypostatic union, I've heard here and there for a while from dad, but I never deep dived. And I'm trying to like understand more about things, I guess. Not a very good, eloquent answer there. Uh, so, it was something that is coming up for me, right? Is that there are many incredibly beautiful, kind and caring, compassionate, healthy, and many, many regards, uh, religions out there other than Christianity and Catholicism, right? Absolutely. Um, you've got Buddhism, Hinduism, you've got Muslims, Sunni, Shia derivatives, you've got everything else under the sun, right? We used to have, you know, the Norse gods and then we used to have uh, the pagans and then all of that so something that's been coming up for me though right is and now you have you know mormons are very very uh, pro prominent in arizona and you have them and all these different religions come up but they're becoming they're they're quality religions in many ways and they have roots now right and these are and it's like a lot of people kill each other about these ideas and beliefs 
and have been for many, many, many centuries. And, you know, the Crusades, the Christians were one of the worst, right? And yeah, then the thing about the hypostatic union to me, that's, it's hard for me to fathom, right? Is one and one day we can get more into it, but, you know, virgin birth first and foremost is a very difficult thing for someone like myself to wrap my mind around. Um, secondly, the hypostatic union regarding a person, a man that I now believe was real, Jesus, right? Was he truly of two natures? Was he truly both God and man from the get-go? And this fully enlightened being and with that being the case okay there are roots to learn more about the thing about that is you can't argue against that not being possible right like in time and in history we didn't we don't have dna samples we don't have testing we don't have the ability to prove or disprove truly with for fact 2000 plus years ago now right and the same thing though is, so I, I totally understand how this religion is credible. Uh, and, you know, I, I personally was baptized into it at birth without even a, a say. Is that even okay that I was not even, didn't have a say? But maybe that's a good thing. Um, but just, I'm learning about my identity, who I am and who, what, I, what you know, influenced who I am. But then now I'm learning, you know, about Muslims and Muhammad and the prophet and how, you know, the Old Testament is acknowledged, you've got the Quran, and then we've got, you know, like kun faya kun sayings, which are beautiful sayings and uh, passages. And what year was it that, uh, that Muhammad was divinely inspired and had a, you know... Well, it was a period of years, but, um, you know, he, he's just after 700. So he, um, he's... He's, um, um, we know uh, all of these things from the Quran, which is a series of um, uh, writings that, that were done by his disciples on um, palm leaves and things like that, you know, and scribbled down. Uh, he himself didn't write, but uh, <clears throat> they created the, um, the, 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 the a, a literature, a, a beginning of the literature was, multiplied immediately uh, by commentaries about the Quran and things like that. How did it come to be though? He went into like a cave, right? Yes. And then... Yeah, he was, um, he was a trader. <clears throat> and, and as a trader, uh, he moved out of the, the, um, the pagan tribes of the um, Saudi, um, Saudi Arabia, where Mecca and Medina, the two main cities, um, um, that that are involved with him, well, and he went up north and um, met lots of Christians and um, Zoroastrians and Jews, and and obviously as a man of great curiosity, uh, and um, he was picking up all kinds of things, you know, and, and he was obviously a very holy man, and he came back from his trade trading and, and took time off. Um, and kind of meditated, apparently. And then a voice spoke to him, you know. Um, and then later on, when he's living in, in Medina, you know, with wives and things like that, the voice is still speaking to him. And there's all kinds of social um, ideas being formulated at the time um, about relationships between man and woman, as you know, um, are a large part of the... Um, the, um, the criticisms we, we have, um, but the different interpretations of, of, of um, Muhammad's meanings, um, of, the, of the Quran's meanings. Uh, so the Wahhabi um, Muslims in Saudi Arabia, they've, they've been taken over by the Taliban and, and they, um, you know, they're very restrictive, even more than the ordinary Muslim. Uh, about women and, and, and all kinds of, um, of restrictive practices, um, which, you know, one, one would um, 
um, it would be interesting to, to um, inquire about. Uh, so uh, the uh, uh, is, um not getting on very well with, with the, 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 he was trying to explain to the people of Mecca, you know, what he now knew about God and they weren't taking it in. Um, Mecca was a great pilgrimage center for the, the Muslim, the Muslim, the, the, the uh, pagan tribes um, at, the, at that time they got together um, because they had this um, strange black rock it seems to be yeah, like I was just nature. looking at that yeah. uh, a photo of Mecca. It's centered yeah. and everyone congregates around yeah. and it's incredible. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. If you can make a pilgrimage to Mecca, you know, that's one of the, the things that um, a good Muslim wants to do in his lifetime and walk around the rock. There's millions walking around that rock. It's, you know, and then they go out and throw stones at the devil and do all kinds of things that... Uh, you know, customs that are, that are acquired. Anyway, um, uh, some of his people who were listening to him went to Medina, and um, Medina um, is uh, probably about 120 miles away or so on. It's a, it's a very good trading city, and, and, and they have five tribes, and three of them were Jewish, actually, and they're squabbling among themselves, and so they asked um, Muhammad to come from there around about um, 722, I think, which is considered the first year of their, when they're counting, you know, the Jews go back to, the, to nine o'clock in the morning on a Monday, uh, 4,004 years before Christ. And the Muslims... Which is another question I want to ask you about. <laughs> the, the Muslims start um, at 722, and we start with, um, you know, and St. Luke's Gospel, is sort of, they, uh, Luke is sort of pinning down when Jesus was born by talking about who was in charge here and who was in charge then. So historians are putting that all together. Yeah, but doesn't that one also come down to which calendar was being used too? Like you, the G Roman calendar, the Julian, wait, what are the no, calendar? They're, like, they're all using their own calendar. Yeah. And they had. Uh, yeah. I've always wondered about that. It's like, how do you track down the date? x thousand years ago if that was the case when people were living for hundreds plus years in the old testament and what calendar and oh. dating and time system were they using and when did we actually have the roman calendar established you know yeah well um the, the uh, uh the pontifus maximus uh, in in the roman um arrangement of, of um committees and, and powers, the pontifex, the priest, Maximus, the great priest, um, Julius Caesar, uh, besides all the other things he grabbed, was the pontifex Maximus. And, uh, and while he was the high priest, they were in charge of kind of dating and things. And that's when he worked out, you know, um, the Julian calendar, mm -hmm. uh, which, Julian, yeah. which then was changed in the Council of Trent in the 16th century um, by uh, Pope Gregory into the Gregorian calendar, which is the one we follow. The Catholics followed the um, Gregorian calendar, and the English and various German, German um, principalities, they kept the old Julian calendar. So there was, you know, um, 11, uh, there was about 11 days difference by this time. Um, I mean, they're pretty accurate uh, in, in their working out you know, the, the way the sun and the moon and everything was going around and creating years and things, but, but, but they were <clears throat> a little bit so they uh, off, so that they had to have a leap year put in eventually and all that kind of thing. So, yes, um, each, each country had its own dating system, and then <clears throat> um, they overlapped, you know, the, um, um, the people in Palestine, they, they would have um, the, the Jewish um, calendar and also the, the Julian calendar uh, as well, and other countries would have, have, have two. Um, but it would take um, um, 
you know, people have got to work out, you know, what days correspond with what uh, days in another calendar are. You know, we all agree, you know, there are um, 24 hours in a day. I mean, an, an hour is arbitrary, but there's daylight time. It's divided. Um, we, we've just come through what, with the equinox or something, you know, um, the 20th of March, the beginning, the days are getting longer here now, aren't they? And the uh, nights are getting shorter. So. We're going towards summertime. Um, and um, we're just talking about um, um, uh, about daylight saving time and you know how arbitrary all that is and what purpose it's got and whether it's it's useful. Yeah, like the second, the minute, the hour, arbitrary, yeah. the day, not yeah. arbitrary, sun and moon, and then the, seasons. The month, you know. the month is is seasonal it's 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 gone you know and the rotation of the earth around the sun right like that makes sense but yeah it's interesting when you once when i when i first heard that i was like oh yeah like a week week why a week is arbitrary yeah why seven days in a week right and did god rest on the seventh day like oh okay like okay cool so yeah yeah um interesting Mm. yeah fiddle away but basically to answer your question john uh those are kind of things that i'm trying to that I struggle, not, I'm not struggling, but I'm just trying to learn more about puzzling through regarding, you know, people, basically, I think everyone, it's fair to say, as we all come of age and grow and mature, always ask why, or is this really real? Is this true? What's the real root of it? Or if we don't, then I hope we do, you know, and, and try to get to the roots and understand our history or else we were ignorant. And so with that, I was kind of asking the question of what is the root basis of what I was born into Catholicism, but then is that even real or true or right? Or is it the only rightness? Because what is it? John 14, six, I'm the way, the truth and light. And only through me can you get through to the kingdom of heaven. And I once talked to a gentleman who's a very, you know, non-denominational Christian. And he's just like, yeah, everyone else isn't going to make it if you're not a Christian. And I'm like, are you serious? Like my, my ancestors are Buddhist. My ancestors, you know, like, and and so um, all of this type of I, I, so there's a word dad once told me when I was a kid that I thought always stuck with me was being an ecumenical 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 right? ecumenical yeah. and what means open to other faiths beside your own and and so with that mm-hmm. also understanding like where did and I work with a lot of really incredible people who are Muslim and believe in Islam and, and such and. So what is the true root of Muhammad and where did this Quran come from? And is it really real, true, right, wrong? Does that mean that its truth causes Catholicism's truth to be wrong um, or vice versa? And these are like things that are continually happening, right? And, um, and just the fact to me, at least, the thing I'm coming is basically there's inarguables. You can't prove or disprove. There's like, the Genesis block of the New Testament, the Genesis block of Islam, right? You, you'd say Islam, right? Instead of Muslim, you, like the Genesis block. Yeah. And then you have like other Genesis blocks everywhere. And yeah, it's just very curious to me, but I also think I need to be, because also real question, right? Is religion in any of the forms we've talked about, is it healthy? Is it good? Is it, why do we need it? Should people even believe in it now? You know, what was the reason for religion in the first place? And, or was there a first place? Why did we do it? The Peruvians, when I was in Peru, there was an incredible culture where they had these priests or shamans or whatnot that tie their head up and they grow their heads up. And that shows they're like, elevated status in the you know that religion world and they needed to water their plants and their their farms and their village and the only way they could get scaled community you know craft community building meaningful careers but in the community side how did they scale community back in those days with this irrigation system so they had to have everyone believe in the same belief structure which we didn't have state a separation of state and church yet right and so 
How do you create these structures to bring people up in a good way that are kids? How do you give moral structures? What is right and wrong? Sure, some things might be antiquated, but there is, is it just, should it be deprecated and thrown away and thrown out? Like, or is there actual truth in it? And is that what history is? And is there any way for us to really know if it's true or not true? Or is agnosticism the only way to live now? I'm, you know, I don't know. Um, Well, history is um, your opinion. Basically, uh, intelligent people working things out and interpreting. It's it's um it's an interpretation. You know, they always say that history is the history of the conqueror, mm-hmm. not the ordinary. Back to your um, quoting from um, J- um, Saint John um, in chapter with we created the chapters. By the way, they didn't have chapters until about the 16th century. Mm-hmm. You know, and the th- interesting thing is. You know, the Bible means sort of a series of books. I mean, they didn't have books. You know, they had scrolls, you know. So, um, you know, uh, all these different different um, scrolls. Now, we we have all these things together. But getting back to John, um, in a lot of, of, of the, the chapters, you have one or two sentences which talk about the universality of God's saving grace to everyone. It's not just, you know, it's, you get, you know, every knee shall bow there. And that's, um, it's, it's, it's counted, but people, most people don't sort of, most Christians don't take much notice that actually it's, it, um, God, God was, God had a, um, a nice attitude towards everybody he created, you know. I mean, it says at the beginning of Genesis, Every time, you know, God saw that it was good. Every day, God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. So everything that God did was good, but it doesn't seem to work out. In fact, as um, Miles is very interestingly pointing out to you in in that particular book. So um, one of the the things is, you know, every knee shall bow. does that have a kind of time limit and a space limit on on um, salvation? And there was a lot of time before Jesus. There's a, a lot of places now that he's not really known about, you know, um, and and um, not taught about. Um, even if he's known about in general, you know, uh, how 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 um, real and scary. Uh, I mean, it's a very scary statement to me. As far as the world's concerned, you know, wow, um, how did I know this? You know, how, how, how am I going to be condemned if I didn't know I was supposed to bow and kneel? And so people might even take the idea of having to kneel, literally, mm. you know. Um, so um, you, you have, a bit, and then, then people will, um, will, will go to the, the, um, be prepared to, to die um, for a text like that, you know. And, and um, I, I always um, uh, kind of had an unconscious being very forgiving type that everybody has a chance for salvation. And the Catholic Church gets away with it by saying, if you knew about it, if you knew you were supposed to kneel, you would. What, if your life is conformed to doing good, as you see it, you know, then if you knew that this was a necessity, then, um, you know, the, the rest of your life is doing good and, and obeying what is best. So this is what we would do if we knew about it. I'm, I'm in Peru and I don't know about it, but I'm leading as good a life as I can within those circumstances. But what if people in the modern day knew of multiple religions Yeah, and they had the option to choose? Yeah, and they didn't choose Catholicism. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't um, make a, as much sense to the to to them as other religions did. You know. Yeah, and, and is that is in this case, as you were saying, the, the escape card that was used? Yeah. Does this? Yeah. Do does do other people still suffer? And because they now know of it. Yeah, as you were saying, yeah. the Vatican said as long once they they didn't know of it. So if people do know yeah. what the 
Catholic religion is espousing, like, and they choose other religions and or are grown up in other religions and come from other religions. And that's our identity and culture. And there's beauty and truth and history in those. Like, is what what I think the meaning that um, I I was um, um, taking from from what I've been saying is that um, you do what you think is good. You have been given alternatives, and you do know that people say um, every knee shall bow, uh, but um, you, know, t- you um, are making a, a, criti- a critical judgment about it, and you, um, you, you, feel, you feel that w- the way you behaved or the way that you want to behave is, is, the correct, is the correct one, and you don't have to. Um, I mean, even if you deny it, uh, that could still be considered to be, if it, was done, if it was done out of good faith, you know, with the best meaning in the world, um, that would be okay. I, at least I think that's how um, um, I was, um, when I was critical like you about the, that, that particular question years ago, uh, would be the answer that was given to me. I love that. I, and just... Uh... I have one final follow-up question and then I'm sure we're running low on time now and we're coming to the end of this episode, but John, if you had anything also throw in something as well and then we'll wrap it up. But the one thing I wanted to segue at that very end point was something you just taught me about actually about two months ago was, what was it? It was faith, something in charity, faith, faith, hope and charity. Faith, hope and charity. And what was the meaning behind that? And, I thought that was a beautiful mm. thing. Right. Um, charity meaning love. Uh, and that's caritas. Ubi caritas et amor, ibi deus est. Ubi caritas et amor. Where there is charity and love, there God is, is a sort of um, nice hymn. Um, so, um, St. Paul, who's writing letters to um, churches that he's um, not founded always, but has contact with, um, is um, responsible for that that saying, you know, um, that we have faith, hope, and charity, but the the final one is charity. So as far as beliefs concerned and being a Christian and dying is, while we're alive, we have faith which um, is the base um, for our hope, which is uh, for our future life, presumably. But when we get to our future life, it'll be a life of bliss. And um, uh, instead of disliking people, we'll, we'll have an affection for them all. We'll have chats. Chat. We don't need faith anymore because we see face to face the God and heaven or whatever is there. Um, and hope, we don't have to hope anymore because we're there. So, but now we're there, we're actually able to activate in the best possible way, charity. So there's faith that there is a heaven in yeah. a sense. And maybe yeah. as Satra said, hell is other people. Maybe heaven is other people and heaven is on yeah. earth, right? Yeah, exactly. And then with faith comes the faith that there is the ability to have a heaven. And then hope, hope is that we can attain and or create and or cultivate and grow into it. And charity is once in it, hopefully if in it and knowing if one's in it to be able to give, grow, expand and op- be open to everyone. You don't have to hope anymore because you're there. And that's what love is. You Chari- don't have charitas. to faith anymore because you can see it. You know, I have faith he'll keep his promise and he'll be there at 11 o'clock. And there, at one minute to eleven, you're there, you know. Yeah. Right. And then, then, then you can exercise charity. You've met the person. You're there, and you can show your love and affection. So, does that make sense? Faith, yeah, open charity. I, I love that. Yeah. The, the, the very uh, Paul did a good job there. Anywho, yeah, and I mean, you know, then there's Saint Thomas Aquinas and everything. We can go into more, but with that, John, do you have anything, and or shall we be wrapping this up soon? <laughs> Poor John. Uh, oh, I uh, the there was a topic earlier about about uh about uh like people who never hear about about Christianity and and like what do we do about them and 
a lot a lot of people have talked about it but i just want to say that's why mormons baptize dead people uh to to address that question um and and yeah and then the last regarding the last topic i hope to be at a place where i feel i feel charitable and hopeful sounds it's like a very nice and simple way of of thinking about these like life stages so uh yeah thanks for thanks for sharing that that's it for me hmm. great um, nice seeing you again and uh mm-hmm. yeah good seeing you as well mr Berryman. a bright idea the two of you had led by you john i think to have the podcasts it's a tough business getting um um people you know and so you eventually have to scrape in the ashes and get people like me along (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah i think if we're approaching it as a business i think we're doing a really bad job but (laughs) but if we if we look at it as a creative endeavor then uh that makes it that makes it more interesting and and uh and something something fun to work on one one has to um is it true one has to make make mistakes um before one succeeds you know try 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 again yeah it's uh we'll, we'll, we're getting there yeah. i think uh, it's been a really good journey so far I know. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on last minute uh, oh i know oh, yeah but- Love that. We didn't just get on. He's like, oh, you need to, you need to stand in. Here we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what am I, my afternoon siesta? I know you can go take a nap after this. Well, uh, but with that, and we, John always asks this question and it might as well keep the tradition alive. What's that? We do it every time. Any parting thoughts? Is there anything? Oh, me, my part. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. words. words of wisdom, parting thoughts. Oh, um, wow. Um, the the idea of a kind of um, a few words that sum up uh, sort of one is um, what one should say to people. Um, um, I th- I think that chacun son goût, everyone to his own taste, is something to keep in mind. Uh, one shouldn't be too dictatorial um, uh, about um, the way we think about things. And just as we've seen, there are many religions, so there's many different people that we meet. And um, I think we, we've got the right to choose our friends very carefully. That uh, um, we um, maybe um, ought to broaden the kind of um, um, things that we consider uh, essential ingredients in, in um, allowing people to come into your group. Um, we tend to have groups, gangs, aren't the, the proper word for them, um, and, and, and extending beyond families. Um, I think Chacon uh, Songu, keeping an open mind, um, uh, appreciating um, that, um, uh, that, that liberty stops with the other man's nose, and the other woman's nose as well, you know, uh, even though a lot of people are nosy parkers, what <laughs> they say. So, um, yeah, uh, some of these many cliches um, that, um, that we, um, that we, that we um, just have automatically, that, that we've known for years. Now, keep reading. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, the factor of reading. Um, so, okay, in that case, I think perhaps an important thing is to have an ordered day, mm-hmm. having, you know, most of the time free to do um, things because everything shouldn't be, but uh, there should be time during the course of a week, say, when, when you find, um, yeah, and you, during the course of the week, should be able to find seven hours just for reading. Uh, but with that, in the manner of time and respect of time, we would love to have you on in the n- near future oh, someday wow. again, of course, and ask more questions. Mm. People, to listeners, four or five listeners, whoever, whatever, whoever you are, uh, 
these are the types of things that I think is really a, a start to a cool idea that John and I have had that we're growing. Uh, if you ever have any questions or ideas for topics and or suggested guests, thanks. Shout out to Jackie. She's now recommending us like two or three guests of her own friend network. Uh, JT, Jack Tack, episode something earlier. Uh, we'll have you on again too soon. Uh, I, also, I also hang out with her like twice a week. <laughs> no, John. John be jealous, Hugh. <laughs> John and Jackie are now homies hanging out in New York. I'm like, man, they send me photos. I'm like, why are you all so cool? I'm so sad. But that's what the Moon Tea podcast is about, building community. Uh, so with that, again, thank you everyone for listening in, tuning in. This, I congratulate you both. <laughs> hey, thanks, Daddy. I'm doing it. Um, and yeah, this is a podcast where we talk about craft, community, building meaningful careers. We have a website, moonteapodcast.com. We have an email, moonteapodcast at gmail.com, or just text any of us to, or whatever. So with that, tune in another time. Hopefully we get these uh, episodes out soon. We're almost back on track, and we're going to be season next season <laughs> right now. Amen to that. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>